The kids are going to be with us during worship today, so grab your kiddos, get them seated by you. It's a great time to worship with your family, and you can teach them how to worship, and the kids, you teach your parents how to be free. Amen? Well, we're just going to go ahead and get ready here to worship our king together. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he was born of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
that tomorrow will help me see the victory well, you've already seen. Let my faith be today. What will be tomorrow when I've seen the victory? Oh, you already see. Oh, oh Jesus, I believe. Oh, we need a miracle. You are the miracle maker.
Hallelujah. I 
hands of nations crying out for you. We're crying for you. Open up your eyes. Come open our eyes. serve an unchanging God, that he doesn't change, that he has always been good, that he always will be good. He was good from beginning to end. Now, the same God that did big things in other people's lives that we read about, he's doing big things right now, even if we don't see it. And I just hear him say, come open your eyes. He hasn't left you. He has not forsaken you and he never will. And if you pray for something and it's not answered in the way that you thought it should be, that does not mean that he wasn't right there with you. It doesn't mean that he doesn't have a plan. It doesn't mean that he has forsaken you. He loves you still. And all we need is to know and need him. The enemy wants to try to separate you from him when things don't get played out the way you thought they should be. And he doesn't want that. He wants you to draw near to him in those hard times. 
we experienced a hard time this weekend, the enemy could try to use that to place a wedge between you. I just encourage you to cleave to him, to run to him with arms wide open and he's gonna meet you. He's gonna comfort you. He will never forsake you. He loves you. He has a plan. And even if we don't understand that plan, it is going to come to pass and there will be glory upon glory. That he's already won the ultimate battle, that death cannot defeat him. That we have a promise that he has already, he is preparing a place for us even now. And we have that promise, we have that victory as sons and daughters of the Most High King. And hold on to that promise right there. I tell my kids all the time, we're doing this to protect you. You don't understand it. You don't know why I won't let you watch that or why I won't let you hang out with that person. We're doing it because we see something bigger. And God sees something bigger in your life. And you have to just trust him as your holy God, as your father. That you will be his children and you'll be like, okay, dad, I get it. I don't understand it, but I'm going to accept it. We're going to sing this bridge one more time and just run to him. That's what he wants. Run to him. He'll meet you there always. He's always going to meet you there. And he loves you more than anything. He would do anything for you. He gave the ultimate price. He knows what it's like to lose someone. when my orphan heart 
you love him, I just encourage you, let's give him a shout of praise. Lord, you are so good. We love you, Father, with all that we have. You are always good. Amen. He is just always good. Well, go around and greet some of your family of faith this evening or this morning. And kids, I will meet you at that back door. Don't go downstairs without me. I'll be right there. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. I know they're checking in kids in kids' church, so we'll give them a second to do that. But it's good to have you today. Uh, I, I told you, while we're waiting for people to drop their kids off in kids' church, get back up here, we did have... We did have somebody look at the air conditioning. They may found the culprit, so we'll find out. Amen. So that'll be nice. So hopefully that's the case, and we'll go from there. We'll find out the next day it's hot on a Wednesday. How about that? We'll see if that was the culprit. So anyhow, it's good to have you. Some uh, uh, announcements in a moment. Let's take up tithing offerings. So if you have something to give, you can prep that. Offering envelope chair in front of you or wave your hand around. One of the ushers will help you out. And uh, we appreciate your faithfulness in your giving and your faithfulness to the church here. And all, all the things that we do, we simply uh, we pray for uh, wisdom and good stewardship of all the finances that come into the house and, and all of that. So uh, I'm going to pray over it this morning. So if you do have something to give, you can bring it down. Lord, we thank you 
to be able to give today, and we give because of the increase of our life and our tithes and our offering that you are our provider, and we stand in that, and we believe that, and Lord, that, that we live a life of faith in that. So Lord, as I pray, uh, as finances do come into this church, Lord, that we are good stewards with it, that uh, everything that happens is done with wisdom, and Lord, that it is not only helping in the equipping of this church, but also the advancing of the kingdom around us, Lord. So I thank you uh, that you are working in us and through us in this kind of a way. In Jesus' name, everybody says amen. So if you have something, you can bring it. Um, some announcements. Uh, Monday night prayer tomorrow from 6 to 7. Don't forget that. Uh, we are taking June off from prayer, so... Uh, just so you know that, but Monday night prayer tomorrow from 6 to 7. A couple quick announcements then. If you've never been water baptized according to the commands of Jesus, the outward showing of the inward new creation in you, sign up at the back table. We're going to have baptism right after church on June the 4th, so that's coming up pretty soon. Also, uh, we are putting together a, a team that deals with the sound here in the church, so if you're interested in that, you think you have an ear for it, go ahead and sign up at the back. It's a new team we're putting together. Um, let's see, Vacation Bible School, June 26 to 28th, and Summer Youth Camp, uh, July 21 to 23. The information's on the back, uh, uh, corkboard back there. So check out that information. Uh, we'll, we'll start letting you know more about that as it's coming, but at least put those dates down. If you have initial questions, please see me, and we'll uh, get you some more info about what's happening with those two things. And uh, let's see, Joy Fellowship is meeting next Sunday. Don't forget Joy Fellowship. If you have questions, see Bill and Patsy. Also, just a reminder, I know there are some Sundays where our parking lot is full. So if you consider yourself young and spry and energetic, we do ask you park over at the nursing home, or not home, funeral home, I'm sorry, the funeral home across the, the street. And uh, nursing home and funeral home is not the same thing, okay? I'm sorry. My mistake. Okay, so the funeral home. Anyways, you may park over there. That's, you know, I had a couple more things roll through. I'm not going to say it. So anyways, uh, I, I want to let you know about something. Today, by the way, over at the Bakken's campus, they are having their big 40-year anniversary celebration. So you're aware of that. So their, their services, their remembrance service, are talking about uh, the history of the church and all that kind of stuff. So that, that's, I call them the mothership, all right? They're, they're, our, they're our parent church. We, we were birthed and, and planted out of the Botkins church. So Pastor Dosick and, and Pastor Phyllis, they're, they're celebrating 40 years today. I've been involved in 40 years, 25 years I've been involved with Only Believe. So I've been here for over half of of their 40 years so they're having a big celebration so if you're interested in the church history and some things about the church go back and watch the live stream and and after worship they're going to sit down and talk about the history of the church and some memories and and celebrate the people of the church and all that kind of stuff so if you want to check that out later go ahead and if you want to uh, send a message over there and congratulations i encourage you to do so but 40 years is a long time and uh they've been doing church in botkins for that long so it's a wonderful thing anyways those are our announcements today so if you have your bible go ahead and get it out don't forget at the back table there are these little invite cards so if you know somebody doesn't go to church prayerfully you can use this if you want to there's a bunch of them back there prayerfully invite somebody to church with us if you want to and tell them to meet you here and we will see what god can do all right book of john chapter 5 verse number 19 we'll get there in just a moment 
But we started a series last week that we're going to be on just for a little bit on Sundays called Ways That Keep Us on the Way. Ways That Keep Us on the Way. The early church was first known as Those on the Way, capital W. They called themselves that uh, in accordance with... Um, Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except by him. And they considered himself on the way and connected to the teaching of Jesus, the way of the narrow road, and living a life in him and by him and for him. Uh, it was in Antioch after um, they were known as those on the way that they were called Christians, and the word Christian means belonging to Christ or belonging to Jesus. So how many of you believe and claim to be a Christian. Let me see. You're basically saying, I belong to Jesus. Amen. That you have given yourself over to him. And what that means is that you are on a way. You're on the way. And you're on him, the way to the Father. But there is a life to live. There is a journey of a life with God. There is a way to be. There is a way to live. Now, the Christian life or belonging to Jesus, being on the way, is certainly not separated from your everyday living. Don't bring Jesus in and put him in a box somewhere in your life and kind of stick him over there. You can't compartmentalize your faith. Well, I believe in Jesus and I say that and I, I do the church thing and, every, and when I need something, I pray, and you know, that kind of thing. But Jesus doesn't really have kingship and lordship of the rest of your life. You, you've made, it's just kind of like, well, um, I realized at some point that I, I, I'm a sinner, so I need forgiven, so I cry out to Jesus, right? And I, so I've, I've checked off the religious checkbox of my life. I've added religion. I've added Jesus. But, but he only stays as a part of your life. He is not your life. You haven't, you don't belong to him. You've given certain aspects of your life to him, but you don't belong. You haven't given your life over. Ways that keep us on the way, they teach us that there is a way of living as a Christian that you have given yourself over to him. A life dedicated to what it means to be his disciple. In other words, somebody who's a disciple has a master that you learn from. That there, there's a transferring, there's something happening. Uh, Jesus not only takes you somewhere, he makes you into something. When you follow him, he's taking you somewhere, but in that journey, something is going on in you, he's making you into something. That, that's what it means to be on the way. Now, Hebrews, I told you John chapter 5. I'm sorry. Put your finger in John chapter 5 and go to Hebrews 12. We'll come back to John chapter 5. Let me just put this in in Hebrews 12 real fast. Kind of guide a little bit what we're doing here. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely... Other translations say so easily entangles. And let, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, 
the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and seated at the right hand of the throne of God. But that race that has been set before us, other translations say the, the, the race that has been marked out for us. It's another way of talking about the narrow road. There is a way of life that has been marked out for you. As we said last week, you don't get to make this up as you go along. And you don't get to do this how you want to do it. Now, I have given my life. I belong to Jesus. And I am his disciple, so I'm learning as he is my master again. As we said last week, you know, I, I've been, I've been uh, saved since I was 17. It's been a long time. I still have not graduated above apprenticeship in following Jesus. I've learned a lot. I've grown a lot. Lots of things have changed. A lot of revelation grabbed hold of my heart, but he's still my master. There was no point where I got to, hey, Jesus, I don't need you anymore. I'm good. I figured it out. I've achieved it. I've achieved it all. So I don't really need to follow you. I'm good enough to make my own way. You never get there. You spend the rest of this journey of this life now following him in a race that's been marked out for you. So, so and I, I've shared this before, so if you run track or, or you do cross country, you, you, you run the race, you run 100, you run the four, the mile, whatever, you don't get to run where you want to run. You got to run where they tell you to run or it don't count. I, I told you the story before. I always remember this when I talk about this. My son, Ryan, ran cross country one year because he hated it. He ran one year. He stuck it out. He ran one year, but we were in a, a, tra a cross country meet at New Bremen High School. And of course, when they run cross country, there's some sort of course outside, and they do usually come in and do the last lap or two on the actual track, right? Well, I was, I was, so parents and people there, they can, they watch certain parts of the race, so you kind of move around, you know what I'm saying? So I was watching him run, and he wasn't too great at it. I'm sure he's watching this morning, but he wasn't too great at it. But he wasn't way in the back, sort of the middle of the pack, right? So I saw him, I, and I went to another, saw him, and then finally I went to the stadium where he was going to come in and, and run his last, and he didn't come. <laughs> and I'm waiting. And I'm waiting, I'm thinking, maybe he got hurt. I, he's not a quitter, he wouldn't have quit. So I'm thinking, what happened? Maybe he got gassed, maybe he came out too strong, you know what I'm saying? In, in a long uh, cross country, about 3.2 miles or so. Maybe he came out too strong and got gassed. And, and after a while, he showed up and ran. I was, after, I was like, what happened? He said, Dad, I ran off the course. I literally, where I was supposed to turn left, I just kept running straight, <laughs> didn't even know. And I'm just running, and finally I realized I'm by myself. And, that's probably not good, you know? And he, he came back, but see, you don't get to be Ryan. You don't, you don't get to run where you want to. You gotta run the race that's been marked out for you. And the only way you get to do that is if you're actually following Jesus. So last week we talked about one of the ways that keeps us on the way is learning obedience. You have to learn how to obey him. So when Jesus said something that, that, that can be a little scandalous, like, hey, every day deny you and pick up your cross and follow me, you have to learn how to obey him to do that. Because that's actually following him. We have to learn obedience. 
So what we want to talk about today goes hand in hand with obedience. And it's this word called, so if you're taking notes, it's a word dependence, right? Dependence down. So John chapter 5, verse number 19. And this is Jesus talking. It says, so Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. Forever the father does, the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. You see, see what Jesus is saying there is talking about what he's doing. Jesus, in everything that he did, only did what he saw the Father doing. This whole thing, kingdom come, will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that was the ministry of Jesus, the Son of God, God in flesh coming. And in this, in this relationship of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, he is doing what the Father is up to. That is why we say prayer is as much about getting on what God is up to as you asking for stuff. What is God doing? How about we get in on that? And the way you discern what God is doing is by being with him and sensing his presence and learning how to keep in step with the Spirit. But Jesus, in his earthly life, in his connection in this, this thing called Trinity, was doing only what the Father was doing. In other words, kingdom come. There was a dependence of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Now, why would we be any different? Right? That Jesus, uh, he modeled for us in his earthly ministry and all the things he did, a dependency on what God was up to and why he came. And, and, and again, uh, modeled at Gethsemane, and we talked about this briefly last week, when Jesus in, in his humanity was praying, do I really have to go through this, but yet not what I will, but your will be done. I don't want to do, drink this cup, but yet I will drink it because that's, that's your will. That is obedience that follows through with dependence because there was a purpose for what Jesus was going to the cross for. That we would learn to be dependent on the Father. So dependence is simply something else that leads you and guides you and shows you a better way. And we say, that, we say that a lot here, that the way of Jesus is the best way, it's the better way. It is new life. But you'll only find new life in the better way through obedience that then leads into dependence upon God. See, now, now human beings, we have a tendency to be very self-reliant. Isn't that right? They're very individualistic, especially in America. You think about Americanism, the rugged Americanism, the, the, the frontier and the pioneers that pushed west, and then the cowboys and, and that image that follows. Very rugged individualism, very rugged self-dependence, right? We're like that as human beings. We don't like to depend on something else. But the Christian life is all about dependence. Because God never calls you, ask anything of you that you can do without him. There's no part of the Christian life that can be separated from absolute dependence upon what God is doing and the activity of the Holy Spirit in your life. 
So last Wednesday night, we spent some time in Psalm 25, kind of following up with the obedience thing from last Sunday. Remember Psalm 25, the, the key things that show up, David crying out to God to show me, teach me, to guide me. Well, why was David crying out? He wants to learn, but, but learning is dependence. I learn the way of God because he shows me. I learn the way of God because he's teaching me. I learn the way of God because he's guiding me, and I place myself in such a way that I can receive it. I'm dependent. Jesus says when he calls the weary unto him, he says, hey, give me your burden. I'm going to give you mine because my yoke is a lot better than one you've been carrying. You know what that is? Dependence. Through the Spirit cannot grow in you. In other words, the thing that, that we're called to produce. You can't do that on your own. We're entirely dependent on God to help us. To, to be dependent upon God is to say, again, that his way is better, that I will obey his way, and that in faith he's going to show me the best way to live. Again, this is a willful, everyday obedience to follow him. As a matter of fact, I would say it's a, it's a wager of faith that you go all in on God. I mean, you, you, push, you push all your chips to the middle of the table and say, I'm all in. This is my last play. I am absolutely all in. I'm, I'm depending on God and his way. That it actually is the best way. That it actually is new life. It actually is abundant life. And I actually can live it in the midst of this messed up world. You think, you think back from, to our father of faith, Abram, when he was called, right? He, he says, hey, I know you live here, but pick up and go someplace I'm going to show you. And he picks up and goes. Well, what is that? It is giant faith that turned into a dependence. Then, then he calls him to be a great nation. And in his old age, it's not happening yet. But, but dependence that God will do what God said he will do. In other words, the way of God and the call of God in Abram's life would not only happen, but, but would happen in such a way that showed it was God doing it and not Abram doing it himself. And he tried to, and we end up with Ishmael, right? Would turn into a whole big mess, by the way. When you try to do it your way, it doesn't turn out too well. That, that, I, I think sometimes when we start to have revelation of, of the things of God, we have a tendency to like to run out in front of him a little bit. And then we start trying to do it in our own wisdom, in our own will, in our own strength. It's not going to go well. Wait on him, be obedient to him, and in that be entirely dependent upon him. Right? Moses, go to the greatest nation in the world, the most powerful nation in the world, with the greatest military might in the world, Egypt, and get my people out of there. Moses is like, who in the world am I to go do that, right? He, he realized he couldn't do it, but it didn't click in his brain, but God will be with me. And actually, what will happen is God will do this. It took him a little bit to, for it to click in his mind. And then did God do it? Absolutely. 
You, you can look at the judges, you can look at the, the, the prophets. They all learned a dependency on God and what he was doing. In other words, giving themselves over to it. Now, I have learned dependency because of the revelation of what it means to be a Christian. So, so I, I, I learned a long time ago to be very honest with myself. And I learned that I was like, oh, wow, I'm not necessarily liking what I'm, I'm seeing here. I'm not talking physics, but I'm talking in, in my heart. You know what I'm saying? Be very honest. And, and I've learned to see the Christian life in contrast to me. And at the same time, I've learned to see the Christian life in contrast to the way of a fallen world. And I see the big difference between the two, between me and that and the world and that. And I came to this big realization, I can't do that. And it wasn't some self, you know, depreciating. I'm just thinking, I can't do that. I can't live that way in this world. I can't change me, because I knew me. But then, but then something clicked, almost like Moses in, in the whole Egypt thing. Something clicked, but wait a minute. But if God is with me, and if I will learn to lean into him, if I will learn to do what he wants, if I will learn to do it his way, then it becomes entirely possible. Entire, because when you lean into him and learn to do it his way, then you jump into God's possibility where anything is possible. And I realized, no, I'm not going to be perfect. There's a lot to work on. But my goodness, I can do this because of him. And it wasn't just, again, this rugged self-individualism, like I'm so great and I have all these. No, it was like I realized that I'm way far off. But it is God is the one who has called me. Therefore, God is the one who's going to back it up to learn to be dependent upon him. See, one of the keys of the Christian life is do you really believe that you need him? I know it's very Christian cliche, so well, yeah, I know, I know I need him. But no, you really, really believe that you need him. That, that's a big question. So you will only truly ever be dependent upon God when you truly believe that you need him and you see you need for him. Soren Kierkegaard, he's a philosopher from a long time ago. Check him out sometime. He said, to need God is to become new. When you discover your need for God and the entirety, not, not just to forgive your sin, but I'm talking the entirety of your life, you'll find new life. Because you need him, therefore you become dependent upon him. That helps keep you on the way. When you're dependent upon him, you can't help but stay on the way. Because you're in him, you're leaning into him, you're following him, however you want to say it. Now, again, last week, I want this church to be a church of worship, a church of equipping. That's what the church is about. I want this house to be a house of salvation. I want this house to be a house of long-term discipleship. That, that's, a, that's a word that we should, words we should say a lot. Long-term discipleship. 
staying on the way, keeping in the narrow road, running the race that's been marked out, long-term discipleship. So whatever you're facing today, I hope you overcome, but I was big, bigger than that is I want to see long-term discipleship. Whatever you're asking God to do in your life, I hope he answers, but my bigger thing is long-term discipleship, right? That we stay on the way because obedience and dependence will teach us faithfulness. That is what is required of you, by the way, faithfulness. That when he returns, will he find faith on this earth? That is in those who believe. Are we faithful? And staying in the race, the narrow roads, marked out. Because we've learned to be dependent upon him because we learn that we need him. I didn't become dependent upon God because I have to, but because I realize I need to. Again, after being a Christian for, for over 30 years, that I stay in this, this, this knowledge, this understanding that I need God. And I believe that with my entire being, that I need him. And I know I can't do this without him. You see? Dependency, staying on the way. Now, our dependency is found in some different ways. We're dependent upon his word. Is that right? It, so if you see, this is me, and this is the lost world, and this is Jesus and the way of the kingdom, the way of the Christian life, the way of discipleship, then the tools that we've been given, not only to see the difference, but, but close the gap on that with his help, this is one of them. That we are people of the word. Blow the dust off this thing. Crack open the gold tip pages, break them apart, and get in here. Again, you're not called to be a Bible scholar. Don't worry about that. But get in the Word. You don't got to take a 50 uh, question, true and false, multiple choice essay test to get into heaven on theology. Don't worry about that. But these words are life. Right? We're to be people of the Word. We're to be people that keep in step with the counselor, the comforter that's been sent to us, the Holy Spirit. We learn his voice because we do what? We pray. Right? And your prayer is more beyond just asking for stuff, but your prayer is in his presence where you learn to listen and sit a little bit. Right? Well, we're so busy saying stuff, sometimes the best thing you can do is not say anything and just shh for a minute. And learn his voice, learn his leading, that we stay in step with the Spirit. We, we do things in our prayers like asking for wisdom. We said this last week. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Proverbs 2, 6. Be bold, ask for a double portion. Lord, I need wisdom. I need a double portion of wisdom to live in this world, to live in your will and your way. Give me wisdom. Pray for it. Ask for it. James says to do so. In other words, we're, we're in a place like David, Psalm 25. Show me, guide me, teach me. I want to learn how to live in the way that you have put before me. So it brings us back to something that I say in here consistently. 
what are you doing each day that shows that you need God? What are you doing every day that shows that you're dependent upon him? Now, again, we can say all we want to. Yeah, I know I need God. Yeah, yeah, I, I know I can't do this without him. But what are you doing of action, of like purposeful, willful, conscious decisions that enacts that in your life? Are you a person, are you really actually a person of the word? Why do I read my Bible? I need God. Are, are you a purpose, person that willfully takes time to pray? Why do I pray? I need God. Why do I come to church? I need God. That's one of the reasons we come to church. We need him, and we do it together. As a matter of fact, dependency upon God teaches us and shows us the need for interdependency with other people. That's why the whole love God, love your neighbor thing is, is, is there. We learn to be interdependent with the body of Christ and what, what the body of Christ brings to us. The body of Christ is one of the theaters of, of the outworking of salvation. You know that? We're here to, to work out our salvation together and learn together and grow together and all those kind of things. What are we doing that shows that I actually need him and want to grow and want to become something, follow but become something? Because I am very well aware of where I'm at and what the call is and how to do it and how to live that in this world. I need him. So, so one of the best practices you can do is you get up in the morning, don't get on social media, leave the TV off and just say, hey, Jesus, I need you today. Please help me. For, and be honest, I, I need you today. I dedicate my day to you. From the rising of the sun that's happening right now, I praise you today. Your name is to be praised. Help me today. Amen? Now you take that, your lunch break. Take a couple moments and pray or get your Bible out. If it doesn't happen then, or maybe, maybe you're at home and your kids are going spastic and they don't give you a spot, okay. But later that night, instead of flipping on the, the TV, take a couple moments. What, what are we doing that shows that we need him? Now, I don't know about you. I need to eat. I mean, what I'm saying, I make it a priority every day to eat three times plus. Is that true? Because I know I need it. Because I know if, if I go an extended long period of time, it's not good for me eventually. Right? I drink liquids. You know why? Because I know I need it. I'm awful at drinking water. I'll be honest with you. I drink everything but but I know I need it, so I purposely, consciously, I need to drink water. It's necessary for my health, right? Things like that that you know are necessary for, for the functioning of your life, you take time to do. Now, we don't always do it in the best way, the kind of stuff we eat, you know what I'm saying, but, but we do so. We take time. I guarantee you, 
When I get up in the morning, before I leave that house, something is going into my mouth, down to my stomach. I promise you. Every single day. Right? I take time. There, there's about 11 o'clock every day. I'm an early lunch guy. About 11 o'clock, I'm thinking it's about time to eat. You know what I'm saying? I'm an early dinner time, too, so this is where Margo and I have some... About 5 o'clock, I'm like, hey, what's for dinner? She's like, it's only 5 o'clock. We'll get there about 10. No, 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 no. No, she, she's more of a later, what, 6.30? Yeah, yeah, it's one of the contentions of our marriage. But anyways, um, but again, I'm, I'm taking time every day because there's, there's something I need, I want. Jesus is the bread of life. He is our source. The greatest need of your life is him. And I, and, and I need to go to work because I need to earn a paycheck because I have a family to provide for. Okay, so I need to go to work, right? But outside of, of a handful of things, most of what I do are things I really don't need. I do, listen to me, I promise you. Now, some of you, when I say this, this may, you be like, oh, I don't know. I'm, I promise you. You don't need social media. You could get off your Facebook and your, I'm a Twitter guy, Twitter, you can get off your Instagram, you can, and hopefully you Snapchat, my goodness, whatever you do. I guarantee you could quit it today, you'll go through withdrawals for four or five days, all right, but all of a sudden you'll go, wow, this is actually pretty freeing, I don't need this. You don't need the social media, right? You really don't need your TV. Do you realize you could survive without your, I know, I know, another one. you could survive without your phone and all the time on your phone, right? So, so I, I'm not a, a video game guy, but I have on my phone Wordscape. How many know what Wordscape is? I play Wordscape sometimes, it burns sometimes. I don't need Wordscape. I can survive without it. You see, a lot of the stuff that we spend time doing we really don't. As a matter of fact, I would say some of it may actually be detrimental to you. Right? How much time are we spending and focused on things we really don't need? Well, how about we start thinking, what do I really need to do today? I'm going to eat. I'm going to go to work. But I think I'm going to spend some time in prayer. I'm going to get in my word a little bit. I may, I may even bust out in a, a worship song all by myself. You know, what I mean? you know what I mean? Because I need it. Because I can't do this without him. My, my desire for myself personally, long-term Discipleship, but, but in the revelation of Jesus Christ that I live my entire life based on that revelation. My entire life based on this revelation of Jesus. Oh, my goodness. That I learn and I grow even when it's hard and I change even when it's hard. That I do what's necessary because I've given myself to him. I realize when I fall and I fall off the wagon, I fail. I'm like, ah, and I'm, I'm, you know, jumping back on. Please, you know, help me, Lord. Forgive me. Because I need him. So I prioritize it. 